This is our fourth and I think next to last session on 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. Father, as we try to understand how Peter argues from redemptive history, from holiness, from hope, from Sarah's own submission, how he argues for the submissiveness of a wife in a difficult marriage to an unbeliever, and then how much more, of course, to marriages to believers, would you grant that male and female, men and women, listening and looking at this, you would make us whole, make us humble, make us wise, make us meek and kind and gentle and strong and faithful and obedient to your word. We need to see how Peter is thinking here because he's the inspired spokesman, not us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we saw last time that Peter focused on the clothing, the jewelry and the hair of these women and said, now don't don't focus there. Go for the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit that in God's sight is very precious. And all of this is trying to unpack what it means for a wife to be subject to a husband who does not obey the word so that she might win him without a word by the conduct which is respectful and pure. That's what this is all about. Now, where is Peter going to go to provide foundation and argument for what he has just said? He doesn't go to culture to say it is temporary, it is culture-based. He goes back in redemptive history to Sarah and specifically to the holy women. He goes back to holiness among women. He goes back to hope among these women. He goes back to Sarah's submission and obedience to Abraham, calling him Lord. And he goes back to the fact that they did good and they didn't fear anything. This is a very remarkable way of arguing. So see if we can put some of these pieces together. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. So he's been talking about adorning with the hidden person of the heart, not the adorning with the external dealing with hair and jewelry and clothing. Now the holy women who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands. That was the outer form of this gentle and quiet spirit. It resulted in a submitting to their own husbands. Then he gives Sarah as a specific example. Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. We'll come back to that and look and see where she did that and what, why he chose that as an illustration. And you... Women, Christians today, are her children, which I take to mean a very serious 
statement like sons of Abraham, daughters of Sarah. You are children of the covenant. You are truly fellow heirs with true members of the covenant if you do good. This is the conduct up here of the wives, this respectful and pure conduct. If you do good, fill your life with not just avoiding things the husband doesn't like, but filling your lives with good things that he and your neighbors think are really admirable and beautiful in conduct, flowing from this new heart, and don't fear anything. So what's the relationship between holiness and hope and fearlessness and doing good and submission? And wouldn't it go something like this? First, there is hope in God. That's the root thing. And flowing from hope in God is I belong first and foremost to God. That's what holiness means. Holiness means being separated to God, not to a husband. We are The wives here are separated unto God. They are holy to God. God is their true master. They are hoping in God, not in their husbands. This husband is now, you're now sent back to the husband after you have put your hope in God, become holy in God, been fearless in God, and now you go back into this relationship as a new kind of woman. So that's the the second thing. I hope in God. I belong to God. That is, I'm holy. And then I would put um, fearless, courageous, not fearing anything that is frightening. That's what makes these women so inexplicable. They are um, quiet and gentle and fear nothing, bold as a lion. That's really an unusual combination and might cause this husband to wake up and then full of good deeds. This woman is not a couch potato wasting her afternoons on soap operas. She is out and about making the world different with good deeds. And she's doing it not in a way that offends her husband, but in a, in a way that makes her husband stand in awe and say, this woman is amazing. She's not afraid of anything. She's filling her lives with good deeds. And I'm the beneficiary of most of them. And that leads to submission. So that's, that's the way Peter argues. He doesn't argue from culture. He argues from hope in the covenant God, holiness and separation under the covenant God, fearlessness flowing out of faith and hope in God, a life full of good deeds overflowing so that the husband experiences some of those in submission to him as he is treated with such respect and is the beneficiary of so many of those good deeds. Which leads me with one last question. When it says that Sarah, as Sarah, so he's referring to these holy women who hope in God, 
who adorn themselves with submission. And then he says, as Sarah. Now, how's he going to illustrate Sarah's submission here? Because that's what he's doing. He's illustrating as Sarah obeyed. So he chose an instance of obedience. And we expect, oh, now where's he going to go? <laughs> and everybody would say, well, there was one amazing situation where Abraham went down to Egypt and said, you need to lie about the fact that you're my wife because I might get killed if you don't say you're my wife. And so she gets taken into the harem of the Pharaoh. Good night. What an amazing act of obedience. I don't think Peter liked that. <laughs> I don't think Peter looked at that and said, way to go, Abraham. That was a despicable thing for Abraham to do. And that fact that she complied is not necessarily the kind of compliance that Peter wants to ad- admire. Because if, if God is the woman's hope and he is the supreme Lord, he will never follow, she will never follow this husband into sin. Never follow him into sin. Because her other Lord, who is above this Lord, says, don't sin, be holy. And I think that instance of Sarah back there where she was sold into or taken into the harem just may have been something Peter did not want to consider admirable. So what does he do? He says that she called him Lord. Here's the one place in Genesis where that happens. It's amazing. Genesis 18, 9 to 12, they said to him, this is God in the form of these three men, or angels, they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife, Abraham? And he said, she's in the tent. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening in the tent behind uh, the tent door behind him. And now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of woman, she was barren. The way of woman had ceased. So she was beyond having children and she never could have children. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? And that's what Peter talks about. That's the only place where she calls Abraham Adonai, my Lord. It's it's like a throwaway statement. And I think that's the point. The point is here, after I am old, and her, her default heart is to speak respectfully of her husband by using this culturally appropriate, my Lord, my Lord is old. So amazingly, Peter chooses to um, say, Sarah is a good example of the kind of submission I'm talking about, not because she obeyed Abraham when he went down into Egypt and, and told her to lie about the fact that she was his wife, but when she was just off the cuff saying, my Lord. And so I, th- I think the point is here, let, let a heart of respect and submission to the husband be so native, so natural, so default to the woman's heart that her natural way of speaking to him is one of respectful, my Lord. In that culture, that was the way to say it. Today, she might find other ways of saying it. So she is hoping in God. She is therefore holy. She is now fearless. She is full of good deeds. And therefore, her default spirit here is quiet and ready to to say, 
I love my husband and I respect him. And now maybe, maybe this husband would be one without a word by that kind of conduct of his wife. We have one more thing to do in asking the question, okay, all of that considered, what is submission and what isn't it? <laughs> 